eliminating colors that go into foods that are detrimental to our health. A lot of these colors could um, be attached to neurologic tissue and can cause some of these neurological disorders later on in life. Uh, but the World Health Organization is now looking at aspartame and showing that it could be a carcinogen. Welcome to the Health Quest Podcast, your guide to God's will for good health. Hello, my name is Dr. Sal, and I've been a practicing surgeon for over 30 years, and my goal for each episode is that you'll be able to have your mind transformed to God's design for your health, as well as affect the way you eat and the way you live. If you're new here, we release a new episode every week, and if you enjoy the content, would you please leave us a good review? It really helps our ratings and allows our show to reach more people with the hopes that we can change their life and make it better. We want to thank you for your support. So on today's podcast, we're going to be actually answering a number of questions. Now, my apologies for the way I'm dressed. I just got out of surgery, so I didn't have time to go home and change. So I just ran out of the, uh, the OR from the office and I, and I came directly here to the studio. So let's just dive in. Today, we're going to be answering some questions that people have had. And so we'll try to address their questions with the hopes of um, directing them into uh, God's path to doing better for themselves as well as for everyone else in America. So our first question comes from Royal Oak, Michigan, from Susan. Uh, Dr. Sal, I understand that plastic is not a good thing, particularly to store foods. Can you give me some advice as to what to do after uh, I have a meal that I need to store for the next day or so? Well, Susan, that's a very good question because we're using a lot of plastic today. And the thing with plastics is, is that they contain two chemicals, uh, bisphenol A or BPA and phthalates, which, um, and I talked about this before, these are some of the toxins that uh, leak into our food and they could be metabolic disruptors or endocrine disruptors. Metabolic disruptors meaning they affect the way we metabolize foods or produce proteins um, that either are beneficial for us or they disrupt uh, the hormone levels in our body. And uh, certain things like uh, phthalates can mimic the lipophilic hormones which actually stimulate more fat production in our body. So plastics is one of the way, and it's, what's even worse than storing it in plastic is that we reheat foods in the microwave with plastics, and that's how these chemicals actually leak into our foods and we consume them. Now, of course, it's not going to kill us at the time when we eat it, but over time, this is what's contributing to a lot of these disorders that we're seeing in today's modern society. So we use a lot of plastic for, um, let's say, our beverages. Let's take those, for instance. Well, as a kid growing up, I remember all the uh, soda pops came in bottles, whether it was 7-Up or ginger ale. And it's not like we were drinking this stuff all the time. We would have it with dinner. Of course, my mom would pour a little bit of wine 
in the seven up or ginger ale kind of make it it was actually the initial wine cooler so those old italian mothers were the original wine cooler makers and of course ernest and gallo started doing that and made millions <laughs> off of that back in the 80s but anyways um but a lot of the beverages came in glass bottles coca-cola used to come in 12 uh, actually started off with eight ounce uh, bottles and of course they went to 12 ounce and now they've come into these two liters of plastics uh even bottled water now if you haven't noticed you take the foreign uh water that comes in like your san pellegrino your perrier san pellegrino comes from italy uh, perrier comes from france and they come in these hard plastic bottles that are colored they're usually green and when you see the kind of water that comes into that plastic bottle that cringes when you squeeze it, the softer that plastic is, the more of these phthalates and BPAs get into that water, especially when it's exposed to heat. Now, if you take like the old Tupperwares, okay, they were made out of harder plastic. That's actually a better plastic to store it in. But what I store my food in is in the Pyrex glass storage containers. And you can get those at Kroger's. And if you go out west, uh, well, Kroger's merged with Albertsons. They're pretty much the same. They carry these Pyrex storage containers. And they're, you know, they're circular, they're square, uh, they're large, they're small. Of course, they come with a, a plastic top that you can cover, but the food is always sitting in glass. I've always preferred glass over plastic because even in recycling, and what I found out is that only 10% of the plastic ever gets recycled. And of course, they've got a, every reason not to recycle the plastic because they've got labels or they've, they've got colors in them and so they can't recycle them. And so we end up taking them to India and it gets thrown out into the Indian Ocean and then the fish eat this stuff. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, glass is always recyclable, always recyclable. Glass comes from sand. An easy and, and it's easily accessible resource to make a container that we could store food and beverages in. And of course, you know, the hassle would come in that you would have to drop it off um, to get it recycled. And I wish they had more of that as far as putting them in bins that you could put glass in that the recycling units from the cities can come by and actually take that to recycle it. So glass, I think, is the best. I don't think. I know is the best way to store your foods. And like I said, Pyrex, and it's not that expensive either. I love it. I love it because they come in different sizes. Uh, when I make my vegetables on a Sunday, uh, and I'll make enough for about three, four days, and I make my cabbage and my rapini and my Swiss chard, and of course I make it you know, certain ways, which I'm gonna come out with a, 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 a cooking video on this stuff. But putting them in the glass Pyrex storages and putting them in your refrigerator is a good way to store your food. And when it comes to heating it, instead of using a microwave, uh, you could always reheat it in a, um, you, you could either use a, a cast iron pan, or if you use a Teflon nonstick pan, use very low temperatures because of the chemicals that are in the Teflon that at high temperatures get released and also get in the food. So always cook your foods. It's the best thing to do is to cook your foods at low temperature. And it takes a little longer to cook, but it stores more heat and it doesn't burn the food or chars it because that uh, creates these uh, uh, polycarbons, which can be carcinogenic too as well. 
So if you're at work, hey, even a toaster oven works fantastic, right? Put it in that little bin, throw it in a toaster oven, heat it up, and it's a good way to heat your foods without uh, any of the detrimental effects of the microwave itself. So Pyrex, you can get them at your Kroger stores. I'm sure you can get them in some of the other uh, grocery stores. Like I said, Albertson out west. Uh, and I'm sure you could pick those up too at Macy's and some of these other department stores as well. So Susan, I hope we answered your question. Um, that is a good question because of the fact that, uh, you know, plastic isn't always the greatest thing. And, um, you know, if I could expound on that, I also wanted to say that nowadays we're using a lot of PVCs, um, pipes, replacing the old copper pipes that we have in the homes. And what I found out is that there's a chemical, uh, they're called organitins, and they use to heat treat the PVCs, and that's what gets into the PVCs. Well, folks, if you've got drinking water that's going through these pipes through the home, eventually that stuff is gonna get in, and that those are also endocrine disruptors. Um, they also cause um, the fat cells in our body to store more fat. Uh, a lot of these things, this is the kind of stuff that we're getting exposed to today. So uh, again, try to stick with glass, try to stick with some of the old things that we've done in the past. Remember, all that's new isn't always that great and not all change is good too as well. So with that, hopefully Susan, I answered your question. Good luck with, uh, with the foods that you store in your refrigerator. Our next question uh, comes from Patrick from Dearborn. And he was saying, Dr. Sale, I go out and I read these labels on these packages, but I never really know what's really good. How can I approach this so that I can get better quality foods to eat or to even snack on? You know, with me and my, my approach on a lot of this stuff is that I always shop on the periphery of the grocery store because that's where you're gonna get your fruits and vegetables, your meats, um, your dairy products, your eggs, the kind of stuff that you basically have to go home and you have to cook it yourself. Everything that's in the aisles are always packaged in boxes, bags, and a lot of this stuff is not only processed, but they got food colorings, they've got additives to them. You know, the only thing that you can maybe get from when you buy a vegetable is maybe uh, the pesticides that are on them, and hopefully you can wash as much of that as possible unless you buy it organic. But there is a, an application that you can get in your app store, and it's called Yucca, or some people call it Yucca. It's Y-U-K-A, and it comes with a little carrot symbol. And it's free. And what you do is you scan the barcode, and that application will tell you if that product is even good to eat. And if it says, don't eat it, It'll give you a recommendation towards another product that's similar, that's much better or healthier for you. Now, of course, you know, I've, I'm, you know, the paleo diet written by Dr. Cordain, and he advises to stay away from wheat. A lot of people like to eat snacks and they want the little crackers and, you know, the Ritz crackers as well. Um, your bread products. Um, but there are some products out there that, they don't have these genetically modified um, uh, wheat products. And so the yucca will actually help you determine to how to stay away from certain products and maybe use something else as a substitute 
um, from doing that. So I think it's a great app to have. This way, you know, even if you take a look at the at the um, the ingredients and the instructions, you know, it it's very very limited. You know, they tell you how much protein, how much fat, how many carbohydrates, and they talk about dietary fiber. Okay, but they talk about the fats, and then they'll always say zero trans fats on the on the container or the box or whatever you're purchasing on the label and you got to be careful with that too because it could be zero trans fat when it's on the shelf but the minute you take and consume that food and digest it and metabolize it that trans fat can now be converted into a, a that zero trans fat can now be converted into a trans fat once it gets into your body i'll give you an example a number of years ago, a lot of cardiologists were recommending canola oil. And they were saying, oh, it's, you know, it's a zero trans fat. It's a better, healthier oil to use. Um, then a lot of these companies were using it saying, well, it's, it, it's a better oil than to have soybean oil or hydrogenated oils, which you just stay completely away from those. That's why I stay away from peanut butter, because if you get GIF, um, uh, or some of the other peanut butters, you'll see that it's hydrogenated oils that it's mixed in with bad for your arteries. Uh, I'm always recommending on top of that peanuts are basically legumes. They're genetically modified. I'm always advocating almond butter or some of the other butters. And you'll always see that separated from the oil that you got to mix it up. That's just the way it was back in the old days. Hydrogenated oils work into the, uh, the butter itself. You don't have to mix it, but it's not that good. Same thing with reading a label that says zero trans fat while it's on the shelf, of course, but then when you ingest it, metabolize it, it turns into a trans fat. Canola oil is one of them. So these are some of the ways that this um, Yucca app can actually help you determine if something really is good for you. Because you got to remember something, and I'll mention this, and I'll talk about this time and time again. A sugar is in a sugar, a carbohydrate is in a carbohydrate, a fat is in a fat. Um, and, and what I mean by that, there are good fats and bad fats. There are good sugars and bad sugars. Now, when I say good sugars, what's a good sugar? Your vegetables. That, those are carbs, but the type of carbohydrates are mostly fibrous, which is healthy for your, for your gut, the bacteria in your gut, um, and, and everything else in your body too as well. So yucca helps you to determine if you like something, scan the barcode, It'll give you much more detail as to what's really in that food. And it will tell you whether it's good for you or you should consume it or not. And if it's not, it makes a recommendation to something that you can eat that's actually healthier for you. So, Patrick, I hope I answered your question. I hope that actually works for you. Like I said, it's free. Just download it from your app store. Okay. All right. Our next question comes in. And this is from Dorothy in Warren. And she says, Dr. Cavalier, I've used artificial sweeteners for years since I wanted to stay on low carbs. But now they've determined and are saying that aspartame may be carcinogenic and cause cancers. What sweeteners do you recommend that are low in carbs and does not do what sugar does? That's a very good question. Uh, Dorothy, you're absolutely right. California is now, uh, not California, but they are now looking at 
the world it's it's actually the world health organization uh because california is now eliminating colors that go into foods that are detrimental to our health a lot of these colors could um, be attached to neurologic tissue and can cause some of these neurological disorders later on in life uh, but the world health organization is now looking at aspartame and showing that it could be a carcinogen. This is one of the reasons why when people say, well, the FDA approved this, they can approve something that is not acutely toxic to us. Again, I think I may have mentioned this in one of my podcasts, but I tell everybody, if I went out partying tonight and I smoked a pack of cigarettes, I'm going to wake up the next morning, okay? Uh, I may feel lousy and I may be coughing my, my lungs out, but it's not gonna kill me. So it's, as long as it's not acutely toxic, then it's okay to take. But what happens if you take this over a prolonged period of time? Now, if you say, well, I've been using, you know, these artificial sweeteners, you know, for 20 years because that's all we had available. I didn't wanna take the sugar. Well, now they're starting to show that aspartame is carcinogenic. And I did have a friend of mine that I competed with many, many years ago uh, when I competed in Mr. Michigan. And this was the over 40 Mr. Michigan. He competed in the over 50. And he was starting to develop this tardive dyskinesia, which is like a form of Parkinson's. And he was saying, I was using like 30 of those Splendas a day to sweeten the food. Of course, when you're getting ready for a bodybuilding competition, you know, you're monitoring everything you're consuming and everything is bland. So you do something to make it more palatable. And so he was doing that and he felt that it was all of that chemicals that make up these artificial sweeteners that was really affecting him. So um, they did that back in the 80s when they told people, and this was even in the muscle magazines, and there was even scientific articles that were coming out that if you don't eat fat, you can't store fat. So we were consuming more carbs and more sugar back in the 80s, and people were getting heavier. Of course, that started to create more of an, a sugar-addictive society. And it, it became difficult switching over to something where you were consuming a little bit more fat, especially if it was the healthier fats and getting away from that. So even though you got these low fat diets, it's not that great because what they're gonna do is to make it palatable, they're gonna add more sugars and now they're doing more of that with corn syrup, which is even worse because your liver turns that into very low uh, density lipoproteins, which is even worse for your arteries. So with that, the best sweetener that you could use today is stevia. And uh, the stevia that I usually purchase, I get this over the internet, it's, they're sold in some of the health food stores. And stevia is like a peppermint plant. It, it looks just like a peppermint leaf. And um, you know they, they take it and they form the powder with it. And you just need a little bit. I'm, I'm talking about like this, uh, you know, mine comes with these little spoons and I put a couple of those in my coffee in the morning and that's how I sweeten my coffee. Now, I get it and, and the company's called Cal and Cal's been around for 80 years in making vitamins and supplements. And they, the ones that come in the packet is stevia with monk fruit. And so uh, that I'll carry around with me. So if I go somewhere and I wanna get a cup of coffee and they don't have anything like stevia, and they have the artificial sweeteners, I use my own stevia. But you gotta be careful because not all stevias are made the same because 
Some of the stevias that you get, like in some of these stores, like your Kroger's and your Costco's, they have the erythritol in it, which is an alcohol. It's a sugar alcohol that can also be detrimental to your health. Not good. And I don't know why they have to do that. Just give me plain stevia and it'll sweeten whatever I want. Now, stevia in and of itself gives you a little bit of an aftertaste and that's where the monk fruit comes in uh, that kind of alleviates that. But I'm telling you, if you do that, it'll sweeten your products. You could use it for cooking. There is nothing detrimental with it because it comes from a plant. So stevia is really the way to go. It keeps uh, your sugar intake low. There's no fat associated with it. It's a great substitute that you could use for cooking. It'll sweeten your, you know, your coffee and your iced tea um, in a way that sugar can't, and you don't have to use as much sugar to sweeten it. So that, that's one of the best ways to, to substitute it and to alleviate using these synthetic artificial sweeteners that have been out there that now we're starting to show um, the detrimental effects of it. Um, I also want to make mention, too, about the stevia as a sweetener. There is a, a product out there. It's a soft drink that's called Zevia. Z-E-V-I-A. And a friend of mine introduced that to me when I was uh, going to a conference in uh, California in February of this year. On my way back, I actually drove out there. I wanted to see the United States, so I wanted to drive. I took the old U.S. 66. And on the way back, I stopped in Las Vegas where a buddy of mine lives, and I stayed with him, and he introduced me to the Zevia. And they've got root beer. They have cherry cola. They have ginger ale. Um... They have orange, and it's sweetened with stevia. No artificial colors. You know, the, the flavorings are all natural because they come from the natural oils that actually make it. There's no corn syrup, um, and there's no preservatives. So if you want a soft drink that's zero calorie, and actually with that, I actually dilute that sometimes if I want to have something that's carbonated, I dilute it with a little bit of uh, San Pellegrino or Perrier because even though it's, it's, it's got stevia in it, it's still a little too sweet for my taste. Um, and that's another thing that people eating a lot of these candy products that are heavily inundated with you know corn syrup, they develop this level of consuming the sweetness that even if they go back to eating normal strawberries or blueberries or watermelon, it's not sweet enough for them. So I'm acclimated to, you know, eating things that are not so sweet, not so salty, because I try to eat things as much as I possibly can in their natural state. And so I take it and I dilute it with a little bit of the carbonated um, uh, waters, such as your, like your San Pellegrino and, and Perrier and it's a great way to have a little bit of a soft drink. Feel like you're cheating when you're not cheating. Anyways, so with that, uh, Patrick, I hope we, I answered your question. And for all of those who did submit their questions, I hope I answered them thoroughly. Um, please, if you'd like to, you can always leave any of your questions on our website. In the meantime, I'd like to thank you so much for watching our show. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a good review so that um, we could reach out to more people and uh, visit our website as well as our social media accounts too as well. 
Um, we do have sources uh, from research that we use so that if you have any of these questions, you can look that up and it's available on our show notes as well as our description. And until next time, I'm Dr. Sal. Have a great day and God bless.